Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 20 of the Alt Left. I am your host, Chris. With me, as always, is the good Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. And Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hey, all Welcome back. So uh, today's episode was kind of already going to be a bit of a downer. We wanted to talk more about uh, Derek Chauvin's trial, Dante Wright, uh, talk a little about police brutality in America and the constant ongoing murder of unarmed black men in this country. And then as of today, we are recording on Thursday, the 15th. So this will be, I guess, old news by the time this hits your ear holes on the Monday. Uh, the Adam Toledo video just came out uh, where Chicago PD, you know, always champions of justice and goodness. Yeah, you know, the police department that brought you the warehouse torture facility a few years ago shot an unarmed 13-year-old who had his hands up. The original statement that came out was a outright lie where they said that he had a gun in his hand as he turned and was shot. Uh, turns out, no, he had dropped that quite a while ago. And uh, the final image we see in the video is of a scared boy holding nothing in his hands with hands up, surrendering with lights on him until he is shot dead by a Chicago police officer. I can't say that I'm surprised. Now, it reminds me a lot of Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old who had a toy gun in a playground. And a 12-year-old was given two seconds to surrender. And when he spun around afraid, when a cop screamed at him, he was shot dead before he could even do anything and drop his toy gun. Um, that was, uh, I think, six years ago now, seven years ago, back in 2014. Yeah, Tamir um, Rice is a while ago. Yeah, uh, and, and you're absolutely right. He, just a kid playing in a park with a toy gun uh, within two seconds of arriving. Officer Timothy Loman, fuck you, Timothy Loman, I hope you die, fatally shot Tamir Rice. Then they tackled his 14-year-old sister, Tahaji, uh, to the ground, handcuffed her, put her in the back of a police car. It took four minutes for officers to even begin administering uh, first aid for Tamir Rice. He died in the hospital the following day. Action taken on Loman. We're not indicted. Um, the officer that was with him was suspended for 10 days. The city of Cleveland agreed to pay Tamir Rice's family $6 million to settle a civil lawsuit. Loman was later fired for discrepancies on his job application. Wait, wait. Fired for discrepancies on his job application? I, I couldn't find any more information on that. Um, wow. Think, yeah. Wasn't fired because he killed a kid and murdered him in cold blood. No. They found something after the fact that they could use to, to pin to him. And this is, I mean, we're probably going to talk about this later, but this is why police unions are horseshit. That isn't to say that... We are against unions because nobody here is. Nope. But police unions specifically are are uniquely insidious because they exist solely to protect these kinds of murderers. And make no mistake, that's what these people are. Murderers. They are murderers that hide behind a uniform and a police union is nothing but an institution designed to protect them from suffering any consequences for their evil actions. They're like the NRA of policing. Yeah. And so, and that's basically why I'm sure that they had to resort to something like, you know, discrepancies in an application because we live in a country where murdering a child, you're protected if you're a cop. But if you file your paperwork wrong, that's a fire worthy uh, grievance. Yeah. You are 100% correct. We're not the only ones talking about it. This has been in national news, national headlines, and in the consciousness of every American. Every white American, I should say, for well over a decade. Black Americans have known this forever, but white America has been waking up to it in the last 10 years 
it's not actually escalating. Something we need to recognize is that white liberals are getting really tired of it. And everyone keeps asking why it's getting worse. It's not getting worse. There's more cell phone cameras. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not that the incidence is less. It's just that we're seeing it more. Yeah. yeah. White Americans are seeing it more. And look at what's happening in with, with this case with, with Chauvin and George Floyd, right? Can you even imagine where we would be if there was no video footage? Oh, there wouldn't be a trial at all. Yeah. Zero. It would have been it would have been the the word of four officers that were there against the word of onlookers. And it would have been, well, we believe the cops. Sorry. Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered how long or how much or anything else. Nothing would have mattered. They would have all stood up for each other. And there there wouldn't even been an investigation, I would bet. Yep. Yeah. And no matter how, no matter what the case is, you could never flip it and have the same level of justice. No one could ever restrain a police officer and have him die from it and have that be okay. At no, all. of course not. There's no situation where that works. None. Because justice in this country is only for those in power. And those in power are mostly white. Yeah. yeah. Almost entirely. And those who are not white are typically beholden to the white power of this country. Yes. I mean, look at, again, look at um, Breonna Taylor, the Breonna Taylor case that we bring up a lot because honestly, I think we bring it up because it's the most egregious. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's because it's one of the worst cases of police brutality and murder we've seen in a while. And that's saying something. Bar's pretty low on this. Yeah. Cops kill black people constantly through this country. More than we're even told. Keep in mind, yeah, it's only recently started to become big newsworthy events. And even a lot of what we get is is just the tip of the iceberg because there's tons more incidents where the cop just simply turns off their camera because they know they're about to go kill someone. And we're getting more reports of those. But like like Chris has said, what are we going to do? It's It literally becomes the cop's word against the person they killed. Yep. And the justice system will always believe the cop. Exactly. Every single time. And their partner's not going to do it because there are no good cops. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. It doesn't matter if if the event weighs heavily on the partner's conscience. The partner will be bullied and pressured and forced and coerced into supporting the story of the murderer that killed someone. These things happen. We know they happen. We're aware they're happening. We're becoming more and more aware that they're happening. Even what we're seeing, if it feels like a lot to you, it's nowhere near the real number. There's so many more of these events happening daily that we don't even hear about. And and there's not a single case where any action is ever justified against a police officer. Again, the reason why I was bringing up Breonna Taylor was not only was she murdered in her bed as she slept by cops serving a no-knock warrant for no good reason in a house they shouldn't have been at for drugs they already found somewhere else. For someone that they found somewhere else. Yes. But beyond that, when the cops burst in the door without claiming they were police or saying anything, which, by the way, screaming police should not be absolving you of getting shot when you charge into someone's home. But beyond that, her fiance had a gun, a legal gun registered to him, a revolver, and he used that revolver to defend his home from armed invaders, which is what we're told is the only good reason to have a gun. And then after he was arrested and charged for shooting at the police who were invading his home was he released and charges dropped when the case blew up and gained national news he would be rotting in prison for the rest of his life if the brianna taylor case had not become national news absolutely yep absolutely 
without a doubt. And, you know, that's the thing that almost gets me too. this situation by any measure. If you take out the cop factor, this is representative of everything the right wingers claim is important in this country. S protecting your home, having a gun, being a registered gunner. Like he fits everything. The only thing different in this situation is that the assholes that killed Breonna Taylor happened to have badges. And they wouldn't have been in that home in the way they were if he was white. Yep. No, of course not. Because if he was white, they would have knocked calmly on the door and said, hey, search warrant. We're the police. Come out. And again, it's the way it's always been. The first time the police being horrible towards the black community being caught on film is the infamous Rodney King stop. And that was commonplace. It was not the first time that it happened to him. It's not the first time it had happened in that neighborhood. It just went on for a while and someone finally had a compact video uh, recorder. God, this was in the early 90s, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, pe regular people were starting to have video equipment finally. And so it got recorded. Without it, it would have been four cops who almost beat a man to death because he had PCP in his system. End of story. It's always comes down to the video evidence. And that's what we need is you have to have video evidence, irrefutable proof of murder just so we can have a conversation about it. And then the cop can get let off the hook. Yeah. And that was uh, March 3rd, uh, 1991, by the way. Is yeah. 91. There you go. Yeah. So 30 years ago. And this has been happening forever. We have to look at, at policing because we have this idea that it's kind of like the military. It's this institution that has been around for a very long time, and it's just part of the government. And that's just not true. Police started out, a lot of people have kind of heard, but maybe don't know the facts of, you know, people have heard the, the soundbite, the police came from slave patrols. Uh, and that's true. Uh, the very first formal police patrol uh, was the slave patrol in Carolina in 1704. This is back before it was the United States had even declared independence. Uh, back when we were British colonies, uh, we had slave patrols. And then, of course, it, it eventually, once we had declared independence, they stayed the same. We still kept organized slave patrols who did keep some order here and there, but their main job was to stop slaves from escaping plantations. Beyond that, there was literally night watchmen in small towns. That was the end of law enforcement. Now, during the Civil War, the military became the primary form of law enforcement in the South. Once that was over, during the Reconstruction era, local sheriffs functioned the same way as the slave patrols did. Uh, they enforced segregation, and they made sure that freed slaves remained disenfranchised. It was, it was no different. A lot of right-wingers <laughs> like to cry foul this. They say that it doesn't count as policing, that eastern cities like Boston, New York, they're the ones who started them in the 19th century. I don't necessarily buy into that argument, but even if we want to take that on good faith, right? Let's take a look at the, the noble cops of the 19th century. So once cities became big industry centers, right? We're talking about the second industrial revolution in America, late 1800s. Private companies were the ones who cared about order, meatpacking plants, steel plants, oil manufacturers, coal miners. These organizations are the ones who cared about enforcing any kind of actual law on a large basis. Uh, and it was all out of fear of labor union organizers. And then large waves of Catholic, Irish, Italian, German, uh, Eastern European immigrants, people that just didn't look and sound like they had a Boston accent. Um, and that scared people. And so this is what called for the original preservation of law and order in America. And so with labor organizing and uh, being scared and anti-immigrant sentiment rising, uh, police were hired in all major cities. 
uh, that Kay had production to keep immigrants in check and to break union strikes and kill and assassinate labor leaders. That is where the right will tell you police came from. That's what they did. Uh, so whatever side you think the true original police forces are, either slave patrols or these first city goons who beat and killed striking workers, uh, I would say the marriage of the two, to me, seems like the likely parent of today's pork patrols. And the thing that's important to remember, whatever you image you have of policing, whether it's a good old boy protecting his 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 city or Captain America or the pun, whatever image you have, the origins of this are not about protecting and serving and helping your community. The origins of policing are about oppression, uh, power, imposing of, of wills of the people with money. This didn't start from some noble cause. Nope. And even the ones, and I'm going to say this now and probably talk about it more in the show, but even the ones that go into this with the idea of wanting to protect and serve, they don't come out that way. This is a machine that is designed. It is a cult-like club. You are indoctrinated into this religion of police officer work where you no longer are a member of your community. You are outside of it. You are, pick, you are pitted as you are above it, and they are against you. And the only ones that you can trust are your brothers in blue. That is the mentality that they build into officers. So you can't escape it. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter. Whatever your intentions are going in, when you come out, you are going to be a part of this system, willingly or unwillingly. Willingly, you are helping to turn the wheels of this oppressive system. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and that's even that mentality, what you're talking about there, people tend to think of it as the way it's always been kind of thing. It's like, it, it, you know, the first real time we have professional policing isn't that long ago. It was uh, Hoover appointed the Wickersham Commission in 1929 because there was no adequate, competent police who did anything other than just murder union leaders. And in 1929, they, the commission reported back to Hoover, and that's when police were taken from the control of business leaders and really local politician and mafia leaders. Uh, what we think of as the modern-day career cops is less than a century old, and it's got super fucked up roots. It really does. And there's a lot of people in this country that have this idea that emblazoned on, I don't know how many countless police cars, especially here in, the, in, in Los Angeles, that to protect and to serve, except it's not to protect and serve the general public. It's to protect property and to serve the rich. People don't understand that. Like they, they use this slogan as if it's to, to garner respect from the, the general public. And people aren't understanding what, what police officers are really meant to do. Yeah. And what's actually funny is that most major police departments have taken that off their cars. You'll find most metropolitan police is now like serving with honor, you know, doing all these other things. The serve and protect thing ever since it fell out of status quo a while back. And we'll talk about that later in the podcast. Uh, ever since, you know, Castle Rock versus Gonzalez and Deshaney and Winnebago, it's been very clear that everyone knows the cops. It's kind of like when Sean Hannity comes out and had to use the legal defense that no one actually takes me seriously. I am a joke. The police had to basically do the same thing. Carl Tuckerson too. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's marketing. That's really what it is. It, it's the same kind of thing where like the people that make Nutella put out a bunch of fucking commercials about how it's part of a healthy breakfast. And then they got fucking sued and I had to take that back. Kay's got a, a perfect point. It, it's that it's not about protecting and serving. We know it's not. Cops have two jobs. They are here to protect private property. 
mm-hmm. and enforce the status quo. Yep. Private properties, making sure targets, Kmarts, and especially their own police stations don't burn. And the status quo is white. And that's it. That's their job. Police have no interest in actually protecting you unless protecting you falls in line with the status quo. If it is to keep the peace, which means the quiet, basically, then sure. But if it's not, that's not their job. One of the things I learned recently is they're not required to come out for anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If they get called, they're not required to come out there. They don't have to. It's a matter of choice. And I think a lot of people don't know that because especially in your like white suburban neighborhoods, when the cops literally have nothing to do because the biggest issue they have to deal with is maybe a couple of kids tagging on a wall, they'll come out to your house anytime they get a fucking call. But that's not how it is in, in more urban areas. Like the cops pick and choose what they what they'll go to. Like you can literally have, you know, someone come and break into your house. The cops won't show up. Yeah. Yeah, there's no obligation to. They're not a fire department, you know, and those things were even uh, different at one point in time. Uh, but yeah, they, they have no obligation to come and help you just because you call them. Correct. Um, nor do they have an obligation to protect you if anything's happening to you. Yeah, you know, but people have this skewed view because of a, in my eyes, a huge campaign to show everybody how police officers are there for you and they're there to protect and they're there to serve you. And and like I said, it's just not real. Yeah, they will. They have no problem with killing people as long as no one tries to loot a target or a Dollar Tree. That's that's where they draw the line. Uh, something we, we need to also recognize is the way police deal with things like protesters or anybody who goes against them. Because originally, it was just police crying and whining like children uh, when people said mean things. When the mayor of New York says that there's a problem with policing, they all turn their back and they won't make arrests. And they go on these half-hearted strikes and, and cry and whine like children with skin knees. Which still happens in mass, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it still happens in mass, and it's garbage. I have been to these. Most countries do not tear gas their own citizens. That actually falls under the war crime in the Geneva Conventions. The United States does, and you'll see that happen in France a lot too. But you're not supposed to tear gas civilians. That violates international law. Uh, Secondly, the devices that police use, they say are non-lethal, like flashbangs, also cause permanent damage. And the last thing is rubber bullets. Now, rubber bullets are not literally rubber bullets that you put into a regular gun. They go into special shotguns. And what they are is they're large projectiles made out of very hard rubber. And you are to shoot them at the ground. Uh, You kind of make a Euclid C angle. And you nail the ground between you and the target. And they bounce up and hit people in the kneecaps and the stomach. And they get people to, to fuck off. But police in the United States don't do that. Police in the United States open fire directly into crowds. I have been in these crowds. The LAPD has shot at us directly with rubber bullets for standing on the street corner, not burning anything, not attacking anything. I was gassed and shot at with rubber bullets for standing on the sidewalk and collectively helping to give the finger to a bunch of fascist Trump supporters. That was it. No unlawful assembly had even been declared. Nothing was being damaged. It was a peaceful protest. And that's what the police do. We have this militarization of the cops, and it's, it's a mentality thing. It's a tactic thing, and it's equipment-based as well. Have you guys heard of the 1033 program? 
No. I have not. Okay. Um, uh, basically, Clinton started it. Uh, George W. Bush gets most of the credit, but really Clinton actually started it. It was in 1997. And of course, we've already covered this, the war on drugs. Clinton had to look good on crime and the war on drugs. And so he let the police, um, uh, he let police agencies buy military weapons and equipment. I do remember this now. Pardon yeah. Me. Surplus from the military. And now this was everything. This is actually where they get their desks and their pens and pencils. I mean, like literally they buy a lot of that office crap from the army. I remember this too. I didn't know it was called that, but yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Yeah, the 1033. And, but the thing is, it's not just that. No, because it's literally every piece of surplus available yep. from the U S army, regardless of whether it is a weapon of mass destruction or not. And what makes it really bad is they don't even have to buy it. See, if police agencies had to actually justify the purchase of this stuff, it would be one thing. They get it for free. It is a transfer of military uh, surplus gear to local police. Who any, any police agency who applies for it automatically gets it, and they are only responsible for the cost of shipping it. Literally, it is free stuff. They have to pay for the shipping. That's it. So this 1033 program got massively expanded after 9-11 uh, when W was in office. And this is when he got them into bed with Homeland Security. This is when local police became part of the national military movement. After this, Obama did put a few restrictions on some of the mil- like the weapons they could get. But, you know, as executive orders go, Trump immediately nullified them. And they're still in full effect from their original Clinton meeting. Like, Biden hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't had a lot of time. I'll crap on Biden all day long. But I'll give him a solid year before he does something about this. But, you know, instead of talking about bridges right now, he could be talking about the demilitarization of police. And he won't. This gear, it's not just desks and pencils. We're talking about helicopters, weapons, fucking APCs and tanks is what these guys have. If you've seen riot police on in person, it's terrifying. Or if you've seen them on the news, I mean, these guys, these guys literally look like the villain in any post-apocalyptic movie you've ever seen. For anybody who doesn't know it, APC is an armored personnel carrier. It is a giant, like eight-wheeled, very heavily armored vehicle that carries a whole bunch of heavily armored police officers to people's homes or to some sort of other place. It's like an M1 Abrams and a minivan had a baby. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. They're giant, scary-looking vehicles that, honestly, police officers shouldn't have. Yeah. There is no reason for a, a group of police officers to need to ride around in an armored vehicle. Nobody is shooting rockets or throwing grenades at police officers. It just doesn't happen. They don't need this kind of equipment. They don't need Apache helicopters. They don't need anything like what the military yep. is provided. And again, it, it, under the Trump era, it only got worse. It only got expanded. But I actually found an interesting evaluation done in 2011. Uh, so this is this is 10 years old. Uh, the Atlantic did an eval of it. And uh, their, their report was the extent of this weapon inflation does not stop with high-powered rifles. In recent years, police departments, both large and small, have acquired bazookas machine guns you heard that fucking bazookas so a projectile explosive bazookas machine guns and even armored vehicles and mini tanks for use in domestic police work also originally only the largest of america's big city police departments maintained swat teams and they were called upon only when no other peaceful option was available and a truly military level response was necessary 
Today, virtually every police department in the nation has one or more SWAT teams, the members of whom are often trained by and with the U.S. Special Operations Commandos. And furthermore, with the safety of their officers in mind, these departments now habitually deploy their SWAT teams for minor operations, mostly serving warrants. These are peace officers. This is serving and protecting? At best, this is a bunch of guys at best were C students who peaked in high school and get a bunch of military weapons to go play soldier. And then when they're done jerking off with their tanks, they turn them on unarmed protesters. And that's not hyperbole. You turn on CNN right now and take a look at what's been going on in Brooklyn Center. Full armor and APCs are rolling up. That's right. If you look at video right now from Brooklyn Center, those giant vehicles with the big ass wheels, those are APCs. Yeah, those things can take missile attacks because that's what the local PD needs. Oh, yeah. And, and people want to talk about, you know, burning buildings and, and people, you know, nonviolent actions. Like, you know, I, I don't care. Maybe just stop killing black people. Why is that never the answer? The first thing that happens, right? Literally, we can't even leave the area where this trial, it's got the national tension is taking place without more people, more unarmed black people being murdered for no reason. And what does our commander in chief say? He calls for calm. Who the fuck wants calm? I don't want calm. Calm is what keeps getting people killed. How is that helping? How is remaining calm and being nice to your local bacon station helping anything? Because they won't stop killing my fucking friends. It's not. And if the cops would just be calm and be nice, that that might be something. Yeah. That that's novel. Yeah, children, twelve and thirteen year olds have to remain calm while cops are pointing guns and screaming at them and killing them while they're unarmed. But full grown adults with training and legal resources behind them can just start running around murdering every time they get scared. And that's what it is. These are cowards. The bravest among us do not become police officers. These guys are cowards. They shoot people's dogs, they shoot children, and they shoot anyone who has skin that looks very scary. Well, and there's also something else that needs to be mentioned here on top of that. It's being in a situation where somebody is screaming at you and pointing a weapon at you is terrifying enough. Add to that the fact that you're a minor or a child, it's even more terrifying. Then add one more layer to it. Everyone fucking knows the cops do this. If you're a minority or a person of color that's got a cop coming after you, you're not thinking, oh, I better listen up. You're thinking, oh, my God, they're going to kill me. That is your first thought. Especially since black people are twice as likely of being killed by a police officer than a white person. Yep. And they commit crime in the same levels. Yep. Yeah, of course they do. In fact, gun crime is usually committed more by white people. Generally speaking, yeah. Yeah. A lot of Republicans will, or conservatives or racists or pieces of shit, will point to, you know, oh, black people commit more crime. Uh, okay. But if you start looking at per capita rates, look at the population of white people, look at the population of black people, and look at the percentage of white pe- people in that population that commit crime and the percentage of black people in the population that commit crime, they're the same. Statistically speaking, there's no significant difference in terms of color when it comes to crime rates. Yeah. And what you find out is that black people are simply arrested and convicted more of committing crime. Yeah, much more. Uh, We talked a little bit about this on on our uh, podcast about drugs. The white, a white person can go and smoke pot and most likely they're going to get off with nothing more than a slap on the wrist. Black people, however, can smoke pot and get sometimes 20 years in prison for it. 
And that's not us. That's not hyperbole. That's us making up stuff. Those are situations that have literally happened. There shouldn't be a shock here. Like when I hear people say, well, if they had just complied, shut the fuck up. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Just comply. They're afraid for their lives and you want them to submit. Look what happened to um, freaking George Floyd. He was pinned to the ground and he died. They had him on the ground in cuffs for nine minutes, just killing him. That's what happens when you comply and sit still. You still die. How much more was Breonna Taylor to comply while she was in bed? Yeah, this happens regardless of what is done. They will always do this because there are no consequences. They're starting to be. There might be for Chauvin. I don't know if there really will be. We'll see. Like we were saying at the end of the last episode, the only thing that will actually cause him to suffer consequences is the fear. If it happens, it'll be the fear of what people will do. But like Chris was saying, that may not even be enough. It it rarely ever is. And we look at cases like Adam Toledo, right? And Tamir Rice, you know, children who were unarmed and gunned down by cops. Now, I will actually go out on a limb here. That's probably going to lose me all the support of our leftist fans and say, I actually don't think these cops were looking to murder anyone that day. This wasn't. This wasn't Chauvin, who was literally trying to kneel on someone and kill them. These were cops who were scared and had their blood pumping and chose to kill. But that's because we have an issue with policing in general. It's not just these bad apples. And we want to focus on these individuals. Police culture in itself is toxic. It's a warrior mentality. They don't see themselves as keepers of the peace. No one, no one joins the police anymore to be Andy fucking Griffith. No, it's, it's them against us. Yes. I mean, again, one of the biggest tells of that is it's standard. And I can, just to make sure this wasn't just a California thing, I went online and I started going to all the police blogs and forums. And nope, it is the common parlance. Uh, cops will usually have a gear bag that'll hold like their gun, their cuffs, their personal equipment that they take to and from work from home. The common term is their war bag. Yeah. They call it their war bag because they're going to war against us. That mentality is dangerous. And that is why this happens. It is this, this fear and this pervasive knowledge of you're going to get killed. And first of all, I'm sorry. I- I'm tired of the, well, that cop has a family to go home to. Well, okay. And if that's your major concern, then don't be a cop. A firefighter doesn't get to be like, oh, I don't know. That burning building's dangerous. I got kids. I'm out of here. No. You wanted to be a firefighter, go put out the fucking fire. And if you can't do that, that's fine. But then turn in your badge. It's the same thing. I, I don't care that police are scared. I don't care they worry they might get hurt. That's the job. Can you imagine someone joining the U.S. Marine Corps and then going off to war and being like, whoa, that's live ammo. I didn't sign up for this. I've got a wife at home. <laughs> nope. Well, and that's just it. Colloquially, like they try to treat cops as heroes. And when we just put into practice, they're, they're not. I, I agree. That should be the standard. Like Captain America, I believe that should be our standard for cops right there. They don't get to be imperfect. If you're going to take on that job, that is a responsibility that you're going to take on. You are, as far as the public is concerned, the expectation should be that you are the best of us. They should absolutely be the best of us, and they're not. No, in fact, they're the worst. Yeah. They are the people who barely made it through high school, didn't go to college, went, and, and could survive three months of training. Basic training. I mean, a lawyer has to go get a judicial doctorate and pass a bar exam to practice law. But to enforce them, you need to be 50th percentile intelligence, not fly off the handle in your interviews. And, you know, 
pass basic competency and basic training where you have to do a whole bunch of push-ups and learn how to cover your ass and what different, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong. I am sure that the training the police go through is intensive. I am sure it is an intensive 90 days. An intensive 90-day seminar is not enough to be a cop. You're holding people's lives in your hand. It takes longer to become a teacher than it does to become a police officer. Far you have to go to a lot of school to become a teacher. Uh, but to become a police officer, yeah. 90 days of 8 or 10 or I don't fucking know how many hours a day. you know. And then all of a sudden, here's your gun and your badge. Good luck. All three of us have highly skilled jobs. All three of us do. I know you boys yeah. very well. All three of us have a job that is a trade. We all went through as much training as a police officer gets. Uh, yeah, that's accurate. That shouldn't be accurate. That shouldn't be accurate. But so, so one of the things that we also need to look at, besides just how toxic the police environment is, is the legality of it, right? And, and, there, and there's three things, and, and I want to address them in order. There's three things that legally stand in the way of us improving the situation. And that is the legal rulings from SCOTUS about cops, police unions, and qualified immunity. The first one is the SCOTUS ruling. Now, we talked earlier about uh, police officers don't actually have a requirement to protect you. But that is not just something that's kind of understood or something that hasn't been tried a lot. There's specifics. So there's two cases for this one. There's the there's DeShaney versus Winnebago and Town of Castle Rock versus Gonzalez. Now, the Supreme Court has ruled the police agencies are not obligated to provide protection of citizens, period. In other words, police are well within the rights to pick and choose when to intervene and protect the lives and property of others, even when a threat is apparent. And that's key. That is from their dialogue, is that even when a threat is apparent, a police officer has no obligation. Uh, in both these court cases, clear and this is what I got from the legal blog on it. In both these court cases, clear and repeated threats were made against the safety of children, but government agencies chose to take no action. So children were killed. Police could have stopped it, chose not to for their own safety. And in the lawsuits, it is found out it goes all the way to the top. Police have zero obligation to save you. This happened before, but it really didn't get into the American consciousness until recently. And I'm sure all of you remember this happened after the Parkland shooting. And this is where, um, after the Parkland shooting, the students sued the Broward Sheriff's Office and the coward cop, Scott Peterson. He actually literally, during the shooting, hid between two of the school buildings, shitting himself for 45 minutes. 45 minutes. He sat like a fucking coward while children were murdered. He was a school police officer. He had one job to protect the safety of the campus. These are your heroes, bootlickers? Hmm? A coward who hides when 17 people are killed and even more are wounded. Most of them unarmed, innocent children. All of them unarmed, but most of them were children. And then after hiding and lying about it on his report, uh, he faces uh, charges. He was charged with child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury because of his lied report. Um, it's been three years, guys. He still hasn't had his trial. He's out on bail, presumably indefinitely. What the fuck are we paying taxes for at this point? Because they'll never convict him. They'll never. It'll never go to trial because no fucking DA is going to do it. Yeah. So we have a guy whose job it was to be law and order, to serve and protect, to keep the schools. And we're told we need armed cops in schools, which I don't agree with either. But we're told we need armed cops in schools in case something bad happens. And then here's something bad happens. And what does he do? He hides like a fucking coward and lets children be slaughtered. And he's backed up by the federal court system, which says, 
He's got no obligation to do that. He doesn't. He doesn't need to do that. That's not his job. And that Parkland shooting. Guess who defended him? The police union. They fought all charges and disciplinary action upon the coward cop and supervisor. Of course they did. Every time. The police union will never be on the right side. Never will they hold their people accountable. And they actively intimidate, harass, and threaten anybody who goes against the police officers. Now, the last one we need to talk about is qualified immunity. The thing that lets cops kill and get away with it. Yep. This, you know, everyone's heard that term. Um, just to get to put on my history hat real quick. It's an old law. It's a very, very old doctrine uh, that has nothing to do with protecting cops from killing people. It was created judicially. This was not voted in. This was created by the courts. uh, And it was created in 1871. Uh, It was created to shield government officials from being held personally responsible and liable for violations of the Constitution. Um, And the wording is, as long as the officials did not violate clearly established law. Now, this was passed um, and put through to help government officials and, and, and federal marshals who are combating the, Ku- the KKK in the South after the Civil War. Reconstruction era, we've got a problem. The Klan is huge. All kinds of horrible violence and election fraud is taking place. And so literally agents were set to fight the Klan and were told, look, if shit gets hairy... As long as you don't do something terrible like burn the town down or torture someone, like if it's if it's if it becomes hazy as to whether or not something was legal and it comes down to a local statute, you're protected. As long as you don't very clearly and easily violate someone's constitutional rights, do what you gotta do to stop the clan. That's where this came from, right? So when government officials are sued, qualified immunity functions as an affirmative defense they can raise. It stops them from facing damages even if they committed unlawful acts. As we know, it's now been twisted in recent times, right? The, the modern use, the first case we see where it's where it's used in its modern context is Harlow v. Fitzgerald. It was in 1982. So this functioned the way it did over 100 years, not being used to protect killer cops. Uh, in Harlow, the court established that a plaintiff could overcome qualified immunity only by showing that the defendant's conduct, and here's a quote, violated clearly established statutory or constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known. The court also stated the standard, quote, another quote, provided no license to lawless conduct. So even in 82, they're saying this does not mean you can just commit lawless conduct. If the law was clearly established, the immunity case ordinarily should fail since a reasonably competent public official should know the law governing his conduct. That is their ruling. And it's made in good faith. It's basically what that breaks down to is saying, as long as anybody on the street, if you've got a reasonable, and not even on the street, a reasonable official, so any reasonable cop, judge, lawyer, anybody who's in that justice department or government official, if if it's common sense to them that this was a bad thing to do, you're not covered. It is only if it's obscure and strange. Problem with that is, is nowadays in modern times, to you know, this isn't the 1800s anymore. Uh, to prove that a violation is against quote unquote clearly established law, you have to have legal precedent. You can't just hold it up and say, this is dumb. You actually have to have a court case from a higher court that came before stating this, right? You know, there's not a lot of precedent of cops being convicted for violating constitutional law. That precedent doesn't exist. We don't have a history of prosecuting and convicting cops of murder. And so therefore, when their qualified immunity cases come up, there's no legal precedent to accuse them on. And they can say there is not clearly established law here. And that's how they keep getting off on this. 
And one of the, the weirdest things I found about this is the Supreme Court's upheld this tenuously. Uh, and surprisingly, one of the biggest dissenters has been, we actually talked about him last week, has been sexual deviant and fan misogynist Clarence Thomas. For everybody, for more info as to why Clarence Thomas sucks ass, you should listen to our last podcast. Or just ask lawyer and academic Anita Hill. Uh, she's a university professor and a women's studies professor at Brandon's University. But this law is is so fucked up, even a bootlicker like Thomas opposes it. And he is rarely on the right side of history. Justice Sonia Sotomayor, the one Obama appointed, has also noticed, it, uh, and she called it a disturbing trend of siding with police officers using excessive force. Um, this is her quote. She described it as, sanctioning a shoot-first, think-later approach to policing. We have not hesitated to summarily reverse courts for wrongly denying officers the protection of qualified immunity in cases involving the use of force. But we rarely intervene where courts wrongly afford officers the benefit of qualified immunity in these same cases. And I'm just saying, if Sotomayor and Thomas agree on something, it's worth looking at. What you have here is what started as a small protection for liability to fight the Klan in the South has now become the, the antithesis of, of what its original intention was. It, it now protects murderous cops who, uh, through police action, continue a modern-day lynching. And, and that's what this really is. W- would you guys agree with that? That this is the equivalent? Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, that should come to no surprise anyone. I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, instead of hanging black men now, instead of for being accused of whistling a white women, look that case up, uh, or being you know, out in the dark or driving while black, we now shoot them for having a cell phone, for driving at night, for fleeing while they're unarmed. Toy uh, gun, Skittles, sleeping in bed, selling cigarettes. Holding a cell phone. Yeah. Yep. We, we give them rough rides in paddy wagons till their next break. Uh, they die mysteriously, hanging in their jail cell while they're supposed to be under police protection. Uh, they're shot and arrested for, for defending their homes against no-knock warrants. I mean, the, the list of shit that black people are constantly murdered for in the last 10 years, we don't have enough time in the podcast to list all the things that black people have been killed for no reason for in this country. Black Americans are being systematically murdered every day by a corrupt, racist, wannabe warrior police force. Uh, and they're all in on it. That's the problem because every cop is either a killer or is someone that covers for killers. Remember that next time you talk to someone no, that no, tries no, no, to explain. Chris, 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 Chris. Chris. <clears throat> it's just, just, just a few bad apples. Cops are good. They're just decent people trying to do a job and protect us. They're good. It's just a few bad apples. There's a whole line to that. Uh, there's a few bad apples and it goes, the bad apples ruin the bunch. Yep. And the reason why is because literally, if you have one bad apple and a bunch of apples, it will cause the others to rot. Yeah. Everyone uses that fucking saying as if it's a a cure-all to bad people. Yeah, I mean, like, if we're going to talk about the Holocaust, should we say, well, there's Hitler and stuff, but just a few bad apples, right? There's a comedian that uh, likened it to uh, airline pilots. And, you know, we, we just have that one bad apple airline pilot that likes to crash planes. And all the rest of us cover up for him when he crashes planes. Because that's the kicker. It's not just that there's a hand. Because that's the thing. Is I do not think that every single police officer is out lynching people. I think there's a whole lot more than we know about. But it's that qualified immunity protects all of them. If there were good cops they would turn each other in. If they were good cops, they would oppose things like qualified immunity. If they were good cops, they would oppose their own unions threatening officials. 
if there were black people riding in the streets because they're being murdered by cops, they wouldn't go, why are they being so mean to us? <laughs> and that's no, they'd be they like do. in the streets with the people saying this is bullshit. Yeah. But they'd rather make excuses for their compatriots. They'd rather buy white boys with rifles. Burger King, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse shoots people, walks down the street with a rifle in front of him, walking towards cops, and they have to finally go arrest him later because they didn't feel like it, and then they buy him dinner. Well, we've got stories of this, and and more of them are coming to light now, but ex-cops that had to leave because they couldn't deal with it anymore, because their conscience wouldn't let them work within that system, have come out and just been all about it. They are taught from the moment they get into, into the academy that it's them versus us, that they always need to have their partners back. They always need to believe cops over everybody else. This is, like I said, this is a almost a religious cult-like devotion that they are taught. And anyone that tries to bucket is punished, is transferred around. They get shitty shifts. They are bullied. They are ostracized. This is a system that is designed within to breed corruption and evil. And even that's what I said before, even the best intended person that goes in ends up with shit on their shirt. They can't, yeah. you can't. And this is what we, this is where phrases like a cab comes from. You cannot be a morally good person in this day and age and be a cop. Not anymore. I guarantee you there is not a single cop in existence that hasn't at one point covered for a racist. Or know somebody that covered four races and didn't speak up with them. Somewhere down the line, they are all culpable in this. All of them know about it. None of them talk about it. And the system keeps them protected. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to put this out there. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. Are there any cops out there or anyone that knows a cop? I want to have you on. I especially love to have you on if you're a right winger cop. Because we got some questions for you. Some questions that... No one on your side of this this discussion ever seems to want to want to answer. Yep. I'm I'm going to put the invite right now. If you're a cop, right or left, I actually don't care. I just want a cop. But especially if you're a right winger cop, and, and you'll be treated fairly. We're not going to come and call you names. Like I would love to ask some some questions. This is an open invitation. Uh, I don't care if you're listening to this when it drops on the 19th or if it's three years from now. I want to have you on. We mean everything we've said. And I honestly want to know why you're uh, complicit in in these murders. Yeah. And I want to know, and I want to know that even if you're not directly involved in any of this stuff, how, how you put on a badge and say you're the good guy. I am sure there are plenty of cops who have no bad intentions. I don't think the majority at all, but I think they exist. And there's a reason why there's also the phrase, no, no good cops in a racist system. It is a system of oppression and a system of murder. And in 2021, there's no way you can't know that now. So you're a willing participant. Yeah, correct. And they all think that they're good cops. Yes. Every single one. Everyone of them. thinks they're a good driver. Every cop thinks they're a good cop. Every cop that I've ever spoken to has always thought that they were a good cop. Well, and here's the funny part about it. And Chris mentioned this on a previous podcast, but it stuck with me. On some level, even cops are aware of it because, you know, who cops also hate internal affairs. Even cops don't like cops. Oh, yeah. You know, regular cops do not like IA because those are the cops that are supposed to police the cops. And they do a shitty job of it, by the way. Like, I don't even know what internal affairs does at this point. But like even any ask any cop that's not part of it and they'll tell you internal affairs is shit. They hate them. They're awful. They're they betray the the brotherhood or whatever bullshit they want to call it. Yep. And that's what it is. It's a brotherhood and it's us versus them. 
and it becomes this fucked up fraternity of murder. And if you're tr- if your goal is to protect and serve, you don't get to be not one of us. The only way you can honestly and truly protect and serve is if you are always one of us. It shouldn't be you versus us. It should be us versus them. Yeah. And again, if this is too hard, if you think it's unfair, if you think you're being persecuted for being a cop and it's too hard to be in and you don't understand the pressures we go through, then stop, then leave, quit. Yeah, then stop being a cop. Yeah, I can quit my job at any time. I've got a family. I've, I've got people that I've got. I've got a house. I've got a mortgage. What, what am I supposed to do? And and this is the trip because there aren't a lot of skills in uh, civilian life that you can translate easily over when you're a cop. That's part of the trap in this. You get locked into a lifestyle that makes you dependent on it. Well, especially with uh, how well the police officers get paid. That, that's part of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is if they were to stop being police officers, they could not find a job that would pay them as much as they get paid to do anything else with the skills that they have. So tell me how this is different than organized crime. It isn't. Yep. What's the difference between a mafia organization and a police force other than one's legal? Because they both generate revenue through intimidation. They both murder people they don't like. They cover up for each other. It's a family where you get killed if you betray them. They don't like the cops and you get sucked into a lifestyle and nothing you do for a Cosa Nostra translates well in the civilian sector. Same thing. What are you going to do with 10 years experience being cop and you're never going to be a cop again? I don't know. Be a really experienced security guard. Yeah. Go sell shoes. Make minimum wage. Yeah. You're not a hero. You're an overpaid gang member because that's all it is. It's a fraternity with guns. And I would love to hear an opposing view. So anybody who listens to this podcast, but I, I got to tell you, like, we don't, we don't, we don't have any witty repartee this time. We are three white dudes who are sick of this. I, I, again, I can't even imagine how people of color feel this week. It, yeah. It's just, it's, uh, I've only been militantly active in this movement for less than a decade and I'm fucking exhausted. The sad part is I think I actually can imagine how they feel except that I know that my imagination probably pales in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. We're watching children being murdered. We're watching innocent people being killed. And and not only are we watching it, we're watching the murderers get away with it. And we're watching a whole slew of American people bend over backwards to justify the murders. And nothing ever changes ever. There's no changes every time. There's just a new one each week. You know, pe- people talk about being tired of mass shootings. I'm tired of police shootings. Random crazy people who walk into a Kmart with a gun at least don't have an obligation and an oath they took to the state to protect people. And then you've got shitty Democrats trying to play both sides against the middle where they'll they'll condemn the murder and then ask for calm. And then they'll 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 claim that that the black community is the backbone of the party and then they'll support cops. And it's this bullshit both sides. And they don't do anything to actually fix the fucking problems. I got to tell you, I was watching a live CNN feed uh, the other night in Brooklyn Center when everything was first starting to go down. And the cop who shot Dante Wright already quit. The police chief quit and the cop who murdered him quit. You're the one who couldn't tell the difference between a Lego taser and a loaded Glock. Yep. Somehow. I mean, I'm not a trained police officer. I'm a gun owner. Uh, I I can feel the difference between a taser and a loaded gun. There's a Big fucking difference. I'll, I'll do you one better. I'm not a gun owner, and I'm not somebody that is, as we discussed during the uh, our, our episode about the Second Amendment, is I'm not really somebody that's into guns all that much. I've held both a gun and a taser. 
not that fucking hard to tell the difference. It really isn't. They are two distinctly different objects with different weights, feels, sizes, colors. And some will say that in the heat of the moment, she was scared. It's like, okay, first of all, the only one scared was the guy who was calling his mom because he's worried he was about to get murdered by police. Number one. And that's what? the guy who was fucking scared. Yeah. And number two, if you're so much of a pussy that you're going to kill someone over a bad decision because you're a coward and you're afraid of the situation, then you shouldn't be a cop. If you're afraid of heights, don't build skyscrapers. Yeah. There is no way that a 25-year veteran who is a training officer with a trainee with them on a traffic stop, pulls their gun, believes that it's a taser, yells out what she yelled out, and then is able to pull the trigger of her gun, killing a man, actually thought that was a taser. They operate completely differently. They have different visual cues. They have different feels. I'm sorry. It's not, to me, it's not possible. They're on different sides of your belt. But beyond that, there's a worse implication. Okay. Not only do I find it very hard to believe that she made this mistake, which means she intended to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. She was scared for her life. She pulled a gun. She wanted to kill him. The problem is she then screamed taser, taser, taser as she shot him, meaning she knew full well she was on body cam with witnesses and wanted to cover her ass as she killed this man, which makes it premeditated murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Well, and, and to go back to our our little thing about cult, think about the trainee. That trainee is going to go back and get reassigned to somebody else. And everybody at that fucking precinct is going to fill that trainee's head with about how this was bullshit, how the cop like shouldn't have been fired, shouldn't have been arrested, shouldn't have been charged. That trainee is just going to get her mind, their mind filled with all this nonsense when they go back. And instead of this being a, a potential teachable moment, and maybe this this trainee could be the cop that has learned from it, no, she's th- that trainee's not. That trainee is going to go back and be just like every other cop because it's a perpetual cycle of oppression, manipulation, and subjugation. Yeah, and that's right. There's a very there's, there's a slogan that cops say to each other all the time, which is better to be judged by twelve than carried by six. Their life is more important than yours. End of fucking story. That's, that's, that's how police feel themselves. They are a privileged member of society whose life will always matter more than yours. And again, I'm not going to say someone is evil for thinking their life matters more than a stranger's, but then don't be a public servant. And that's the difference. I'm sorry. McDonald's workers are held to a higher standard with dealing with the public than cops are. Anyone in retail, really. The original story I was trying to say earlier, like, I got distracted, sorry, and I did to myself. The CNN story that I was talking about when the, the cop who murdered him and the police chief have both resigned. And I watched the reporter out there, and she's out there amongst the crowd who's, you know, throwing rocks at the police station and getting shot at and pepper sprayed and, and we're not, not pepper sprayed, tear gassed and shot at by rubber bullets. And she's out there and she literally looked at the camera and said, I'm not really sure what they want at this point because she's already quit. As if that's the beef. As if everyone is assembled in the streets because someone needed to lose their job. Not people are raging because they're constantly being murdered by the police. At this point, you have to work harder to not get it than you do to get it. Yes. And that is a prime example of exactly that. 
Uh, and here's the thing. I don't believe she was even being dishonest. She was, uh, was even being dishonest. I think it's completely possible. She was legitimately perplexed. I also think it's completely possible that she was trying to do the bullshit CNN neutrality thing and, and, it so that she could appear as if she's unbiased because you've also got to placate the right wingers on uh, and and crazies and conservatives that are going to try to find any excuse that they can for this and, and while we're on the topic there's one thing i want to mention there is absolutely 100 percent no excuse for these murders i don't care if the person had a gun when the kid turned around he didn't have a gun shouldn't have died the kid with a toy gun Shouldn't have died. No excuse. I don't care if you're resisting arrest. That's not a good reason to kill someone. You're three cops versus one person who's unarmed. You have tasers. You have rifles. You have shotguns. You have handguns. You have pepper spray. You are armed to the fucking teeth. And there's three of you versus one. And you're still so fucking scared that you have to murder someone. None of the reasons that the right-wingers will come up with to excuse this behavior are valid because at the end of the day, none of them justify fucking murder. Yep. None. There is no justification. The cops are not there to kill people. Their job is not to kill people. We've already established it's not to protect and serve. We established that. It's also not to kill. But yeah, it's an entire culture of killing. That's the problem is it's not one cop. It's not Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin is not the problem with policing. Derek Chauvin is the result of our police system, which has existed to catch slaves, to murder union organizers, and to keep the peace through any means necessary and do anything other than have an obligation to protect the innocent. This is an organized crime syndicate that has legal representation and a really good union. That's it. And that's becoming incredibly apparent. And you would think at any time in history, there was a time where cops would really, really get on the ball and start, you know, getting kittens out of trees and putting on a good face. But nope, they are doubling down, which is what happens. That's what happens when gang members are under attack. They go on the offensive and they roll out APCs and they shoot people in the streets. They declare unlawful assemblies. They, they tear gas people and use weapons they shouldn't. Yeah, again, we talk about this taser like it was a good alternative. Tasers and pepper spray have been shown not to reduce shootings one bit. No, because the fear of doesn't doesn't stop people from doing. Well, they don't, they also don't incapacitate the person enough to to prevent the shooting. The person like gets their eyes hurt, but they're still gonna they can still fire a gun. Yeah, all these ones that keep guarding national attention. It's not like the person was an actual threat anyway. I'm sorry, a 13 year old who has surrendered with his hands in the air. Oh, he was definitely not a threat. But that's just it. Everyone it's not about, it's is not a about being a threat, threat to cops now. Yep. And, and, and again, a lot of the things, something the right-wingers will like to toss out is like, well, what about when this happens to a white person? Also fucking bad. Yeah. Like, that. The, what, what, what always gets me is when they throw up cases of police doing the exact same thing to white people as if it somehow negates our argument. And it's like, no, police kill people. It's a yeah, problem. Yeah. As somehow it justifies the behavior. Yeah. Like, yeah. you think it's okay that they're killing black people because they're also doing it? No, that's, that's, that's not okay. And even if, even if we accept all of that, they still, at higher rates, astonishingly higher rates, kill black people significantly more than they kill white people. Not just yeah, black people, too. As minorities as a whole, all of minorities, yeah. have higher instances of being killed by the police than white people. I'll take this to, to say this. One of the reasons we are all on the left is is 
not because we think Dems are just the greatest. It is because we believe in facts. We believe in reality and science. There's not a single argument I've ever heard from a right winger that ever held up to scrutiny ever. And well, because that's what conservatism is. That's why conservatism doesn't hold up to scrutiny. And it's why I'll never be one because conservatism wants to do nothing but roll back time and usually roll back time to a fantasy scenario that isn't even real. Mm -hmm. Conservatism is not accurate. It does not care about facts or truth or history or science. Much like conservatives. Yeah. Conservatives and conservatism care about feeling good, which is, you know, ironic that the facts don't care about your feelings is a conservative slogan because it's really what they apply. But I mean, no one's a fragile snowflake like a conservative either. They cry about Starbucks cups. But that's why you'll see conservatives vehemently defending the police. And it's not because they actually love police. And it's not even now some of them, sure. But I think a vast majority of conservatives don't like seeing unarmed black men get murdered and children get killed. It's that the idea that the police are the problem, the idea that organizationally and in mass the people who you've been raised to believe are here to protect you and keep order are actually a bunch of crazed frat boys who are murdering people for the most racist and cowardly of reasons that these people who you thought were heroes and were told to trust when you were children are actually hiding between buildings when people are murdering children and are screaming taser when they're actually reaching for their gun to cover their tracks and are gunning down children who don't have time to react, who don't have guns on them. To think that that's happening, that's hard. That's why white people are having problem with this. It's not because white people don't care about black people. Some white people do not care about black people. A lot of white people do care about black people, but we're from a different planet. White people in America exist in a very different country than black people in America. We do not have to have the same trials, tribulations, or fears. When I get pulled over by a cop, I'm not happy, but I don't have to worry about getting shot because of the color of my skin. And every single black person in America has to worry about that. That is a tragedy. And conservatives don't want to think about that. Conservatives want everything to be happy and better, and they just want the ideals they originally had to never have to change. Conservatives are people who cannot handle change, and the cognitive dissonance is too much. That's yeah. what breeds conservatism. And police, are, yeah, and police are the perfect, perfect trophy to hold up. And lying to defend. And and that's where we're going to call it uh, tonight. Uh, I know this is a really heavy topic. Thanks for sticking with us. It's important. Um, I don't think this is the last time we're going to cover police brutality. I think we scratched the surface. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more to talk about, uh, especially in the near future in this country. I think, uh, I think the next 10 years or so are going to be a very trying time. While America grapples uh, with its racist police system and justice system. And I think we are living in a time that's a on the precipice of some serious change. I hope so. We love engaging with you guys. We love doing shout outs. It just does it. It feels a little tone deaf to do it on this episode. So we're actually going to record a bonus episode this week. So keep your eyes out for it. Uh, we do want to go with the emails and comments we've received and talk to you guys, uh, as well as have a Q&A session on the questions that all of you posted to us. And it's not too late. Hop on Twitter if you have a question for us, if you want to talk about this topic or any topic we've covered, um, hit us up. There is a Q&A pinned to our Twitter. We come back fresh, and uh, we would love to engage with you in that way. So please um, tune in for it. Come find us. Come talk to us. Send us comments. Uh, we love you all. This is heavy, and there's a lot going on. And no matter who you are, we all have a part to play in ending this. End of story. Black, white, male, female, doesn't matter. 
If you have more privilege, use it. We all need to get on the right side of history. We all need to band together because this is just unacceptable. And I'm just fucking tired of watching innocent unarmed people being murdered on television every night. Please, until we see you again, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of those vulnerable around you. Hold those in power accountable. And we'll see you next week. And until then, the revolution is you. <laughs>